of all of all of the jobs that you had, because one that you haven't talked about yet, or it's a couple, is Lion Nathan, and then and then then you did a massive massive uh, job at um, well, Publicis was the owner of Saatchi and Saatchi. Um, you know, I mean, you you made some major changes there and, and did yeah. very well. I mean, in 1989, I came to New Zealand, Doug Myers uh, uh, and uh, Applyan Breweries and Mike Smith had merged the company with uh, Mace, which was Chris Mace, Peter Cooper, Jeff Ricketts, Robin Congrave. And they'd put together these two companies, a brewer, a soft drink company and a retailer because they had Woolworths and Decker and can makers. And they bought the two companies together and they wanted someone with international experience to help run the business um so they asked they came to me i was running pepsi cola canada at the time and said you know come to new zealand and, and they flew us down for a week to look around my sister trisha already uh, lived here loved the place i loved the rugby and all that and doug and the lion boys were very smart they made sure i met a bunch of all black heroes from my youth most of whom worked in the pub business with lion and and some very smart smart people like uh, Earl Curtin and Chris Laidlaw in particular, and uh, I loved everything about New Zealand. I mean, I, everything about New Zealand. I loved uh, the lifestyle, the edginess, the business, and so we were able. So I spent eight years here. Doug Myers is one of the great heroes of American business. He had a guy on the board called Alan Gibbs, who's the most innovative, free thinking. <laughs> Uh, the guy who developed the aqua car and stuff and, and has the great farm and he was on our board and we became great friends. And I, what I loved mostly about Lion was we could sponsor every sports team we wanted. So we, Lion Red sponsored the Kiwis, Steinlager. We stood by the All Blacks and we were involved in most of the provincial teams, you know, with Canterbury draft, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So my weekends were full of, of great rugby. I was still playing rugby when I came down. I was 39 years old and playing in the over 35s in Canada. I was pretty fit. And then I w went to Eden Park, which was a dream for me to watch New Zealand play. And the curtain raiser was a game between King's College and uh, uh, another top school. And I, and I saw these 18 year old centers of uh generally island origin tackling i i came up from a public school and tackled around the legs that <laughs> didn't seem to be the thing here uh, uh and i watched these 18 year olds hurtle at each other and and retired on the spot uh, promptly retired but I loved the beer business. I loved New Zealanders. And then we, Doug had a, the vision to be go out and conquer the world. So we met Alan Bond. Everybody needs to meet, as Kerry Packer said, an Alan Bond once in their life. And we were able, through some very smart financing from Mike Smith and his team, to uh, buy the Castlemaine Forex Brewery, the Swan Brewery in the West, the West End Brewery in uh, South Australia, so, and Tui's. And with that came sponsorship of the Australian cricket team with Forex, the Australian rugby union teams, the New South Wales, Queensland state of origin teams. So I moved across to Sydney for a year or so, 
one stage we, we uh, I shared a home with David Campisi. Well, he shared my home for a year and Nick Farr Jones and all that generation of terrific 1991 players. I mean, that's what you had Campo and JK playing against each other and mm. great, mm. great days of rugby. So we got very involved. And when the game went pro Moffo, then of course, we were heavily involved as Steinlager sponsor of the All Blacks, Forex sponsor of the Wallabies. And we had relationships with the players. And I guess both you and I were very fortunate to be in, what year is that, 95, 95? Yeah, 95, the end of 95. We were right there on the inside of the Murdoch deals, the Sky deals, all the various Sanzar stuff. Mm. And we had the greatest asset of all, which was the greatest rugby nation, the greatest rugby culture, the greatest players, and the greatest history and the greatest future, the All Blacks and New Zealand rugby, in our toolkit. Yeah. We were able to, I don't know, they were unprecedented days of fun and enthusiasm. And I think we did a pretty good job in the Southern Hemisphere. I think the yeah. Northern Hemisphere were slower on the uptake. One of the highlights, and I'm sure you remember this very well, um, you just mentioned to me that Inga the winger has sadly passed away, I think aged about 53. But there's another guy that um, you got to know and I got to know very well. And we took him to San Francisco to meet Robin Williams. And, and sure one of you... the other guy up and dangled him over the roof yeah. of, uh, of 34 floors up. You remember that, Moffat? Yeah, I do. Yeah, who and he was sitting on his... <laughs> and Robin was dressed in an all black jersey because Robin yeah. was a mad keen fanatic supporter of the all blacks. Yeah. And it was his, he told me right there, the greatest moment in my life. I've met another winger. Yeah. Or Jonah. Oh, Jonah, sorry. Yeah, Jonah. Jonah, uh, that's I'm okay, man. Still thinking with Inga the winger. Yeah, no, 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 I know. And it's hit you very I've hard. Only, but... I only heard the news a few hours ago, so I'm not in the best oh but you, you mate, mate, you're doing you're, you're doing really well mate. i mean you know but i've got a picture which i've actually sent around the the internet a bit of um robin williams sitting on jonah's shoulders uh and uh you know the sad thing is they're both no longer here yeah and, and, and now you're uh, adding it to that list so and, it's yeah, not a great day really no it's not really um so uh uh, and um, well, we uh, back in those days we had we had a lot of fun, and uh, as you said, you know we we actually did a lot. You know, we the the board backed um, our idea for for a sevens international sevens tournament because we didn't have a sevens competition international sevens competition in us in New Zealand. But we were both lucky. Rob Fisher, you know, took over yeah. as the chair of the game. And the union had been reformed, right, from twenty nine or whatever it was to yeah, eight. We had an independence as I was, and and Rob was very forward thinking and very progressive because on the northern hemisphere the equivalents were very slow to change and very slow to the future. So I think, you know, when good teams come together, you gotta have everybody playing in position. So I think Rob was pretty much an unsung hero and at least I felt that way, that he yeah. really led the board uh, through very challenging times in a very proactive way. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. It made my job an awful lot easier yeah. um, to to achieve a lot of the things that that, that uh, I felt we could we could achieve. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I look back at those times with a great deal of fondness, actually. And then somehow you went to Wales. What on earth were you doing, you, Graham, <laughs> Steve? I mean, what is the attraction? I've been there. Why? Well, because you know, I, I have. I have uh, hanging up two blazers, you know, the blazer brigade. <laughs> I'm, uh, one is a uh, is a New Zealand rugby blazer, and the other is a Welsh blazer. And you know, in the history of rugby, New Zealand yeah. and Wales have been immense in terms of where they stood in the rugby world. Um, Wales, not so much, but they, you know, we got there. Basically, I put in place the New Zealand model. Went from twelve, yeah. went from twelve professional teams down to four. Won the first Grand Slam. Twelve months later, for twenty-seven years, uh, and uh, rescheduled the debt and did all the things that we did it. Um, and that was a challenge uh, in Wales. Uh, um, the issue that Wales has is that it's always at war with itself. You know, they've got this this view. <laughs> that they have got a mortgage on parochialism. Uh, well, they obviously haven't come here and seen what it's like <laughs> when Auckland play Canterbury, <laughs> you know, but, but, but it gets in the way and it's got in the way since we put that in place because they haven't embraced the regional structure. And, um, you know, uh, and, and there's, what's, what's happened is they haven't had people there to sort of sit back and say, well, it was okay then, but, you know, what about now? Is it still fit for purpose? Well, oh. you know, one's got to say, no, not really. So what are they doing about reviewing it? Well, they've certainly invested in New Zealand coaches, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. A, a lot of our coaches have gone over there and improved the game, I think, and have uh, showed some pretty strong leadership and strong growth. Yeah, no, they have. And, uh, you know, uh, so that so so I'm, I'm very proud of the fact that I was the... Um, and, and I have to say, in both of those occasions, you played no small part because I used you as a reference. I know that was very difficult for you because you weren't working with very much when you were trying to provide me with a reference. But, you know, I was very proud of the fact that I actually was the CEO of both of those rugby nations. And that may never happen again. Uh, I think it's a tremendous thing. I just, I think it's very uh, amusing. I must say, <laughs> very amusing. And it probably served you right, right? You probably, after New Zealand, there you go, go to work. Yeah. Well, perhaps even in my dotage, I might just give um, Daniel Levy a ring and see if he wants some help with Tottenham. Well, he definitely needs it. Whether he wants it or not, I don't know. 